Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Go. Welcome back. 365 Sports, Jamie Uyama joins us now from Irish Sports Daily. And Jamie, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I was... Not, like, totally surprised, but I was a little bit surprised to see Notre Dame as the favorite this week given, you know, the last couple weeks for them has been a little little bit up and down, but they are at home. USC has been struggling. Where do you think that the the breakthrough will be for the Irish on offense versus this USC defense that has been um, woeful the last couple of weeks, if not for the last couple of years? Yeah, I think it's the main thing with them is they just give up so many explosive plays. Um, and it's, it's, it's a constant thing. Like they, they haven't really played a lot of tough uh, offense so far this year. And um, they just, they struggle to tackle. They, they give up a ton of bucks in coverage. And really the, really the only thing that they do well is, um, you know, they cause some dis- disruption up front with, uh, you know, they have, they have a pretty good D line and pretty good pass rush, but the secondary is, uh, a serious issue, and I think it's just there. There are plays to be had there because um, they just make too many mental errors. There's obviously um, a, a coaching issue there with um, uh, what, what they what they're doing on defense because it's been it's been a constant, um, and it's just something where Notre Dame really kind of just has to kind of be competent, really, and they're going to be able to create plays because. They just don't play good fundamental defense within the scheme. And it's certainly not a thing of a lack of athletes with them. They have a ton of great athletes. Uh, but they're, you know, they, they make too many mistakes. And the other thing is that they're, they're really down a corner. They, they're, we're down to the fourth and fifth corner against Arizona. So, um, I think that's kind of like the big thing where Notre Dame's getting healthier at, at receiver and, um, USC is, you know, getting worse at corner in terms of their health. So, um, last week against Louisville, what do you chalk that up to? Well, certainly there's uh, been a lot of issues uh, in, in terms of, you know, like, game plan for, for Notre Dame, how they've handled, uh, you know, the loaded boxes that, that Duke certainly gave against them, and then Louisville the same thing. Um, I don't think the, ex- the execution has just been poor uh, for Notre Dame up front. Um, they should just frankly be better. Like they were, they were better even just looking back at the Ohio State game 
Um, and Notre Dame just hasn't been good on the road. They haven't handled these like tough uh, environments. So I think that's another thing that's going to help them quite a bit. Like they've given up 11 sacks on the road and they've given up zero at home. And some of that is the competition. But some of that is the fact that, you know, they've, they've just been better and they've played more comfortable. The offensive line is clearly more comfortable, has done a better job of handling stuff at home when they haven't had all the crowd noise and, and the environment uh, against them. So I think some of the stuff is certainly fixable for them, but um, I mean, there's serious questions right now. And it's a, it's a huge game for Jared Parker, Notre Dame's offense coordinator, because um, there's a ton of heat on, on him right now. How much do you think his game plan is restricted because he doesn't trust the younger receivers? I mean, that's definitely a part of it, right? And, and, and the thing that probably doesn't get talked about enough against Duke, and first of all, Duke has a really good defense. Uh, you know, they're, they're one of, uh, you know, the top 20 defense in the country, certainly. And they had three healthy receivers in that game. And it wasn't like their three best receivers. They were, uh, you know, they, they had a true freshman, a guy who was a converted running back in his sixth game, a receiver. And they had uh, another guy who's a sophomore who, frankly, has been inconsistent at best. Those were their three receivers in that game. And so they're missing, you know, their, their, their top receiver in James Thomas, who does a lot more than just being, um, you know, the go-to guy for them. You could use him a lot in the running game in terms of what he can do with, mo- with motion. Um, he's almost like an H-back because he's like a big guy. He's like about 6'2", 220. Um, a very versatile guy who can be very heavily involved in the running game. They didn't have him. They had Jane Greathouse, who's, uh, you know, obviously a different Texas, who's made an immediate impact with their game. He wasn't available. And they're just kind of thin uh, at receiver period. So those guys came back for the Louisville game, but you could tell. They would be able to go from their passion injury. Those guys aren't healthy. They're not all the way healthy yet. I think they're going to be a little bit better uh, for this week. Um, but still, like, they don't have, they already don't have, like, a true – uh, wide receiver one, a dominant guy. Um, and when you're missing that and then plus you're, you, you know, you're injured and you're limited with what you can do personnel wise and what everyone kind of knows, I mean, that's going to hurt. How do you expect the game to play out? Do you think that Notre Dame will play more of USC's game and, and, and it might get a little more offensive? Or do you think that Notre Dame can, with their very strong defense that, that's been strong for most every game ex- except for the, the second half of the Louisville game, uh, will be able to maybe keep Caleb Williams uh, in the well? Well, I think you got, you got to score points against uh, USC. It's just, it's just a thing because even if you uh, contain Caleb Williams, to do it for 60 minutes, I think it's damn near impossible, right? I, I just don't think you uh, are going to be able to do that. He's just too good of a player. He's one of these guys who just finds a way because he can create so much even when the call isn't right. He can, you know, break out of it and create with his legs, create uh, plays, you know, improvising. He just has that kind of special quality, you know, that Patrick Mahomes type quality that very few quarterbacks have. So, I mean, they have to put points on the board, but I also think they're going to try to limit possession. They're, they're not going to try to, um, you know, feeling it all over the yard. One, because of the, you know, receiver situation, they're not the deepest there. But also, um, I just think it suits them more to possess the ball as much as possible. So 
a huge key for them is going to be if they can run the ball, um, you know, possess the ball and kind of keep it away from USC as much as possible. And if they can turn the ball over and, uh, you know, steal a possession or two. And because that's the thing is that USC's defense has not been able to kind of steal possessions like they did last year. And that's another reason why they kind of haven't looked as good as, as this year. What is the temperature on Sam Hartman right now after after the struggles last week? Well, I, I think certainly, um, you know, no one is as hyped about him now as yeah. they were uh, a few weeks ago, and I think that's fair. Um, you know, even after the Duke game where, you know, he did not play his, his various game, he still came through in the end. But I, I don't think most people aren't pointing the finger at him. I think – uh, which is fair, you know, like it's not like he hasn't uh, he played well against Louisville, but they're not putting a lot of the lack of success on him. I think that it's more directed at uh, the play calling, um, the general execution of the offensive line, and just um, the the whole uh, talent in general, but the supporting cast in general, that, that he wasn't getting a ton of help. So, I mean, I think people have more of a realistic view of kind of where they're at in, in terms of they, anyone who thought they had expectations that they would all of a sudden is they were going to become this wide open offense that was going to, he was going to put up the same kind of numbers that he put up at Wake Forest. I don't think that was ever realistic because Notre Dame doesn't quite have that personnel to match that. And really the strengths of their team should be offensive line, tight ends, running backs, or they got a loaded backfield. That should be what it's based off of. And that's really what they were in, in, in to begin the season. And they had all that. He had the running game. He had the protection. And he looked great. So that's really going to be the key. If, if, he can, if he has that, then he's going to go back to looking like, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the country again. And if he doesn't have that, it's, you know, like most quarterbacks, uh, especially when you don't have uh, elite receivers, you know, you're going to look pretty average. Garrett, you got a question? Yeah, Jamie, you mentioned there a couple of times about the roster deficiencies and some of the playmakers uh, that they don't have. And, and obviously we mentioned the youth along the receiving core. What are some of the big factors or the leading factors going into Notre Dame's struggles in, in getting that high-caliber, potent uh, talent in on the roster? Well, really it's kind of an inherited um, – problem from the previous staff from, from when Brian Kelly was there, uh, the previous wide receiver coach Bell Alexander, um, he had some trouble in, in recruiting and they went through a time where, you know, they signed three receivers in, in, in one class, uh, I believe the 2020 class. None of those guys, one of those guys has played safety now, two of the guys transferred out, right? Um, the 2019 class, they signed two guys there. Those guys didn't last two years. So they had a numbers problem. Um, and then from that point on, they had to have all these guys kind of hit and, and sign the number of guys that they had. And they just had too many misses there, poor evaluation. Um, and this is, you know, before Marcus Freeman took the job. And, you know, from there, they, uh, in, in Alexander's last year, they signed one receiver. And Notre Dame isn't uh, a program with how they uh, view academics and all that, they're not able to get as many undergraduate transfers to like kind of plug holes. So they have to go the graduate transfer route. And then even in this year, they, they signed a, a graduate transfer in Caleb Smith from Virginia Tech. 
And I mean, he was their leading receiver. He was a solid player in the ACC at the very least. Well, he ends up having a you know you know a really tough spring where all of a sudden he's running crazy to quit the team, right? So that, that was a guy that they thought was going to start and be their bad receiver, and he ended up splitting the team. So they just had horrible luck there um, in terms of you know what was there before, and because of the situation that they have with. with uh, being unable to kind of fill gaps in in terms of uh, the transfer portal compared to some of these other programs, they haven't been able to fill them. So that's just kind of where they're at and why they've had to move some other guys um, to that position. And it's not that they, they don't lack talent. They have some guys who are talented there, but they're just very young and inexperienced, and they just aren't deep enough. They don't have enough scholarship receivers. How fast do they have to move compared to, I mean, look, the transfer portal, when somebody goes in, you know, it's going to be fast anyway. But when they have to particularly keep their eye on somebody who could fit, like, especially an, like an undergrad with straight A's that's really good, like how fast do they really have to move in that kid when he puts his name in? Oh, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm sure you guys know too, right? That kind of thing, is that's almost like big process because you have to have to have evaluated all these kids beforehand right so i think they kind of have to look at um certainly all the guys that go to kind of similar type fbs programs like uh the stanford the rices the Vandys, northwestern duke if, if you have a guy who's a player there that you think might be in the portal they have to evaluate that guy because those are guys that might have a chance to actually transfer as an undergraduate to notre dame and then I mean, really, though, but they have to find as much talent as possible, and then you just you, you can worry about the, the kind of grades that they come. But they, that's the thing. They, they've had some guys who've wanted to come to Notre Dame, but they haven't been able to get in. Um, and it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunately, that's part of Notre Dame, and Notre Dame wants to, you know, obviously continue to be uh, who they are and, and keep the same identity in terms of what they uh, mean to, to be a program that cares so much about academics and graduation rates and stuff and, and all that. And, and it's important to them. Um, and, you know, frankly, I think most alums would say that it should continue to be, but it just puts them in a very, very difficult position um, where I think they might have to be a little bit more lenient. Uh, I, I, I can't really see, because in heading into this offseason, I don't really see how they can not add at least like one or two in, in, in the portal to go along with, um, you know, they have three receivers committed and they're very good uh, prospects in, in the, you know, the 2024 class. But I mean, are those guys going to be ready to play right away? I mean, you guys know that freshman receivers, it's, it's very intermiss whether or not these guys are ready to play right away. Now they're either outstanding to a level that people can't comprehend or they're not ready. Like that's, that's how yeah. it is as freshman receivers. Jamie, Uyama from Irish Sports Daily. Jamie, thank you so much for hopping on the show today. Enjoy the game tomorrow. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.